Coming to you from the Underground Studio, this is the Sipping Social Podcast. My name is Mike Carl. I'm here with my boy and certified bourbon steward, Garrett Turnquist. Yo. We also have our stellar producer on the mic, Johnny. Say what up. What's up? We're here to dive into all aspects of the restaurant industry. We truly love what we do and more so we love talking about it. We're going to pour, sample, review anything you need to know about. Pour yourself a cocktail and join us on this journey. Let's Let's go. go. Thanks for uh, joining us, everybody. Uh, we are really fortunate to be sitting here right now with a couple gentlemen that are very special guests of ours. A couple episodes ago, we were talking about our trip to Louisville uh, and our barrel pick with uh, Makers, and we talked about the RC6 that had just come out. Now we're sitting here with the master distiller, Denny Potter, and the Makers Mark diplomat for the Midwest, Greg Butera. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks. I know it's a lot. You guys are always busy, especially this time of year. I know you guys are in town for a specific event for you guys to take time out of your day for uh, just to sit down and talk to talk to us and, and drink and uh, enjoy your products is uh, really special for us. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Exciting for us. We had a great time with you guys down in Kentucky. So Cool, man. What, uh, what are we all sipping on right now, gentlemen? Uh, I got the Maker's Cast Strength. Cool. I got the Maker's 46. Uh, I went with the uh, 46 Old Fashioned. Nice. I've got just a Maker's 46 Neat. All right, cheers. Johnny's not on the mic, but he's drinking a Captain. Yeah, I got a Captain Coke. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers, Johnny. Johnny, have you ever had that varietal before? It smells from here, and my nose might be a little bit off, but that smells like a 2017 Vintage of Captain. Real quick here. I definitely got a special glass for this. It doesn't deserve a Captain of Coke in it, but I got privileged. There you go. In, in that vintage 2017, Garrett did have to dust off the bottle out of the basement to bring it up to get you well, some You got to decant here. that. I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> right? I got to get the air out. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're, uh, we're, we're sitting here with a little plethora of your booze over here. To kind of just jump into it, the RC6, which we tried, and we were able to bring some home from Makers. Denny, did you, is that, is that yours, or was that something in the works for a while, or what's, what's your role in, in bringing that to the forefront for you guys yeah for, so you know i came back to makers about 13 14 months ago we had been at makers before heavily involved in the 46 project so that's something i can talk about quite a bit but rc6 was really something that um, jane bowie had worked on working a little bit with rob samuels and our, our new innovation manager which is beth buckner and it really took them two years to come up with that product so i came in when they were pretty damn close to figuring out the state profile they wanted to use. So I was lucky enough just to come in and, you know, they're telling me what they've been looking for and some of the other iterations that they had been tasting. Um, so I can't claim anything. I'm not, I, I got you. You know, I, I obviously just because, you know, Jane does obviously gets out in public and talks quite a bit, not just about RC6, but about makers. And I do the same thing. So I'm lucky enough to talk about it, was involved with it, but nothing like the blood and sweat that other people put into it. Well, I guess the question is, were you the master distiller when this came into bottling? Yes. So it's definitely yours. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. You should just take it. I, I hope know. Jane's not yeah. watching this. She's no, yes. no one's She's watching. Not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great, man. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the it's honest, delicious. That, it's, it, first of all, it's delicious, but your honesty with, like, you know, leading up to it, you could have easily claimed it, but you, you didn't. You should never lie about what you're drinking or what you produce. That's exactly Ever. right. Otherwise, it'll come back to you in bad karma ways. <laughs> oh, I hear a story. <laughs> just happened right now. <laughs> it did, yeah, it happened, it happened earlier when I had a chug uh, a different whiskey, so oh, yeah. I wasn't lying about what we were drinking. <laughs> Talking about how you brought up Makers 46 and the, the wood stave profile that you guys mm-hmm. determined for that, the barrel program that we got to do with you guys uh, with Greg's help, 
how unique that is in the whiskey world in really honing in on what you want just seems like a very special thing. And do you guys offer that to like all your, you know, all the people you work with? Or is that for special groups of people like yeah, Garrett who you, and I? Who do you say no to? We say no a lot more than we say yes with mm. the Private Select program. Um, I mean, there's a lot of demand, especially from like large chains and uh, sort of national restaurant groups. And, and it's just not a good image fit for us. The Private Select program is really, you know, it's about um, us pushing boundaries, you know, doing doing kind of like the coolest thing that we can come up with, right? And we want to work with, uh, with our best partners uh, and people that we think are doing business in a way that resonates with, uh, you know, with us. So it's, it's, uh, it's identifying those, those right partnerships like you guys. We're glad to, you know, to be able to incorporate you in the program. And like we've talked about before, you're one of the very first at Maze & Mash, one of the first um, suburban accounts that we, uh, you know, awesome. that we worked with. And um, so, yeah, we're strategically growing it, but it's an intentionally small program. We're really not trying to put it out there and sell it to big grocery store chains and things like that. It's, um, you know, it's, it's about... Uh, the right partnerships. That's really interesting because I had uh, no idea that it was like that, like, I don't know, exclusive is maybe the right word, but um, I just asked and you said yes. I was like, all right, sweet, so everyone can do this. Uh, fantastic. Because I didn't think I didn't, was doing anything special. No, you asked and uh, and between you asking and the yes, uh, there was a lot of research on what Maze & Mash was doing, you know, your whiskey portfolio, your cocktail program, your clientele. So, you know, I went through, looked at numbers, asked, asked uh, sales reps, distributor reps, you know, figured out, kind of got my bearings with, uh, with the account. Sure. And then, you know, said, yeah, we can do that. That's awesome. That, that makes me feel more special, even though Garrett's the one that definitely headed that in our, our restaurant group. No. You know, we, we kind of ride his coattails a little bit with some of the other restaurants. <laughs> you guys allow me to do things like this because I can push some of that product on you guys and That's help me sell it off. So Awesome. Um, the RC6 is probably my favorite product that you guys have, have made. It's delicious. Yeah, for I, sure. It's got the right amount of um, heat that I want in a, in a bourbon. It's, I don't. Would you guys consider it um, like barrel strength or cast strength because of where it's at? No, yeah, um, it's barrel proof. It, it okay. came out at uh, you know the initial batch, 108.2 proof. So yeah. that's right out of the barrel. Our our barrel strength pretty much runs between about 107 on the low end and 113 occasionally on the high end, but right around 110 proof, which is our entry proof. It's got great flavor. Great flavor. Yeah, and that, you know, that product, um, you know, it's not something that, that we do, right? It's really our first LTO that we've released nationally. Um, it's, LTO, it's, limited time offering for yeah. those watching at home. Nice. Um, it, but it's still <laughs> about, you know, that whole release and, and, and hopefully what we plan to do in the future is really telling the story of production. So everybody gets to taste the final product. I think pretty much most people that are bourbon fans are familiar with the taste profile of classic makers, um, hopefully with Makers 46. And so we thought it'd be interesting, and Jane and the team thought it'd be interesting when we started this first iteration of, wow, you know, there are so many flavors that exist through the process that may or may not make it through, whether it's maturation, whether it's, you know, the final cut. Um, so let's tell a story, and this was one where they wanted to identify some of the flavors that come from the yeast process, mainly fruit, spices, and so they went in with that in mind to tell that story of, because if you come taste our yeast, and I'm not sure when they came down if you guys got a chance to taste any of it, but... We all had the option. I think Mike was the I, only I was, one to Well, Greg had a sip. Oh, yeah. Well, Greg had a sip, and I had a sip, and... He had uh, to show everyone that it wasn't, like, lethal. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I tried it, though, because nobody else ponied up on it, and now I can hold it over their heads for the rest of their lives. There so. you go. Yeah. yeah. For 
to, 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 we were all really hungover. So the oh, thought, help. the thought of drinking yeast, like made my stomach turn. I felt great afterwards. I mean, yeah. yeah, one sip of that. I mean, you're 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 basically consuming millions of uh, of tiny bacteria right. that uh, that could could be, I think, a net positive for gut health. Probably you, make you feel I, a little bit better if you're hungover. I tell you mm-hmm. what really helped was taking a pull straight from the still. Mm-hmm. Oh, that always that'll helps. always set you right. Yeah, yeah, that put me right as rain. Yeah, definitely. So we did get to try the yeast. Yeah. Um, so so that's what RC six was about. Okay. Right? I mean, um, and I'm you guys know. I mean, you did a, a podcast on this a few weeks ago, so you kind of know how the name originated. But so that's just something. You know, this is all about us continuing to tell the story of Maker's Mark. I mean, we have a phenomenal story. You know, we, we tout ourselves, and I think um, we've proven it, that we truly were one of the first craft distillers, you know, when we did that first barrel in 1954. And I tell everybody, the way we do things, you know, whether if you're on a small scale, there are a lot of craft distilleries and small distilleries that would not do things the way we do it at the scale that we do it. Um, we still do it at the same, you know, the same batch size and everything else that we did back in 1954. It's just that we do a lot more batches, but we've incorporated how we do things over and over and over again, whether that's the roller mill, whether that's going in the barrel at 110 instead of 125, barrel rotation, and hand dipping every single bottle. So all these things that people are interested in, we've got a great story to tell. It's just we've been around and people are like, well, it's Maker's Mark. It's good, but wow, what about this thing that just came out? Listen to what they're doing. So all these things are, are really about us continuing to tell the story of Maker's Mark because RC6 is great, um, CAST, the private select program, all that is good. It's, but it's about that core makers, right, that we started back in 1954. And, and with the, with we have, we've had big plans for 46, so when that hit the market in 2010. So it's really about just continuing to tell our story and be out in front of people and let them know that how we do things is pretty crazy. I mean, we say purposely inefficient. It's the truth. You guys have seen it. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of people that wouldn't do things that way. I mean, it's not an easy way to do it, but to us, it's the right way to do it. Yeah, I mean, we hand dip every bottle. Um, you know, believe it or not, we uh, we hand cut and print every paper label that we use on site. And yeah, there there are a lot of things that we could easily automate. We don't because they're a part of our heritage. They're a part of our just craft ethos. I think that uh, you know that makers is really like you know our bedrock is is the authenticity of our story. You know, from the Samuels family now, uh, the third generation with Rob Samuels running the day-to-day operations at the distillery, it's you know it's things that that aren't necessarily part of the public discourse on the brand. I think that when people think about makers, they think of a, a big iconic global brand of bourbon now, you know. But um, but we we really haven't changed as we've grown. I, I think that's uh, <clears throat> was very evident when we were down there when you're on the estate. Just the way the grounds look um, for us, once again, cloud nine. It's gorgeous. Hard. It was gorgeous. You got the creek running through it. When we pulled up at 9 a.m., the mist is running off the hills. You're in the, the foothills of There was Kentucky. a guy I mean, mowing just... the grass with a, like a standard lawnmower. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, you should, you should probably get a bigger one. There's acres uh, of grass well, this guy's got to cover. He was on a tough slant. It was a tough it slant. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, you probably, I don't know if you write, that was an electric mower. So yeah. we, you know, so that's you get one a, of the you things. A cord attached to it? No, it's battery powered. Oh, so that's one of the gosh. things we've committed to, is we want to be the most environmentally sustainable distillery that's in the awesome. world. And so, I mean, it's it's really unique because you'll walk through our campus and you'll see people cutting grass or weed eating, and you don't hear a thing. I mean, it's it's it it's is it was strange. really quiet. Yeah, eerily quiet for how many people we saw. 
Yeah, we got we got a lot of fun things. If you guys want to get uh, get nerdy with it, with uh, sustainability efforts, our you know, our water source is incredibly important to us, and got a lot of um, you know. Anthony, you just use that one little crick for all your water is impressive. Since <laughs> <laughs> like there's enough product there. Well, yeah, we got a, a 10 acre spring fed limestone lake that uh, you know that provides virtually all of our water. We only use uh, reverse osmosis distilled water from uh, you know from city lines for cutting down to proof. When uh, you know, when we come off the still at between 130 and 135 or so, and then when we cut down to 110 for barrel entry. Otherwise, everything is just pumped directly in from that lake. You guys ever go in that lake? Uh, you can. I never have. You, you can fish in it but if you're. Then you could say like you've been inside of a maker's bottle. That's true. Oh, that's, and that's kind of a weird way to look yeah, at it. Yeah, that is a very weird way. Yeah, has anybody I mean, ever said that to you if before? You think, about if you your... think about what you just said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I like that. There's I like other that ways you can be inside a maker's <laughs> bottle if you wanted to, but I wouldn't recommend I it. I mean, Top's <laughs> kind of small. Uh, Anatomically questionable. It's... Um, let's go back to the hand dip bottle line. Um, yeah. Just because of how cool and <clears throat> just when we walked in there, they're like, oh, you're going to go through the production line. I'm like, it's great. What are we going to see in here? And there's actually, you see every little phase of it, which makes it more impressive mm-hmm. to see how many bottles are just being dipped. Were there four people standing there dipping bottles right. the whole time? Yeah. Just Depend, hand, depends hand on cr- what skew we're running, but okay. we do have yeah, six. Those were, those were the mini bottles. That but that's just like out. the definition of small batch handcrafted mm-hmm. to the T, you know, in my mind. And when you see it, and you're standing in front of those people that are doing it, and that's their job, and that's their passion. I they, mean, just, just well, so- you just said it. It's their passion. I mean, um, we we hand dip 30 million bottles this year, so I don't think people understand what that means. I mean, that's, that's crazy. it's it's incredible. And none and, of them were wearing like wrist guards or anything. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. Well, of bottles. there's a reason. I mean, you know, obviously safety's our number one priority at the distillery, and you know, repetitive motion is a concern. Um, I'm also our plant manager, so these are things that we talk about every single day. They rotate, so they're trained to run every single job on the line. Mm. So they'll only dip for about 30 minutes, and then they rotate oh, that's out. that's cool. They run the other jobs on say, the line, and then they rotate back hours? in. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, they're dipping. If we're running 750s, um, probably one bottle every four to five seconds, each individual. Wow. They're um, incredibly efficient. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've dipped a lot of bottles now. I mean, you know, a lot being maybe 100 or so, and... Uh, they never look as good as uh, as the ones coming off the line, and, sure. and and I I could work maybe I don't know. They, they three three look, times slower at the at best. They all kind of look the same to me though. That the, the, there's got to be like a well, like different. a kind of really everyone's different. Yeah, they're I mean, different. If you look at the tendrils here compared to this. Yeah, so, I mean it's. The, I haven't paid enough attention to it, but they all they all look great. I guess you can you can watch. You know, if we have you know, let's say four dippers on the line. Um, we usually we have four different dippers if we're running 1.75 just because they're heavier you can't run the line as fast but you can watch them dip and then go on the back of the line and after about 15 minutes you can see who dipped what bottle everybody kind of has their own speed their own force a little different technique how far down they go on the wax yep. cool um, yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool well one thing with uh, the, if, if you don't mind one of the things that's you know a passion for me is when we talk about the passion that the uh, you know the employees at the distillery have for the product it really is an entire community effort you know we're uh, a substantial employer in central southern kentucky you guys discovered this but makers is in the middle of absolutely fucking nowhere, nowhere. like you gotta really want to get oh there my god we um, almost slammed into a combine driving in yep yep we yeah. had to back up around a curve because yeah. somebody stopped us when they were waving their shirt out the the, the window oh, yeah. you guys, right. came, you guys right. came in the back way yeah. Yeah. Came in and, and we are like um, what is about to happen and the guy's like you're gonna back up about 20 feet and we're yeah. like what and then this huge <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. y'all, y'all so, gotta back up about 20 feet 
<laughs> so yeah, so it's uh, but but it's you know a lot of these uh, a lot of these people are multi generational employees of the distillery. Sure. Their parents worked there. Maybe their grandparents uh, you know helped Bill Samuel Sr. open the distillery and uh, you know worked with Bill and Margie in the early days. So it's a um, it's a, it, the entire community around Loretto and stretching up to Bardstown really feels a sense of ownership of the product and. You know, and we, uh, we're one of the only non-union distilleries uh, in the bourbon world, and, and that's specifically because we overpay above uh, union wages. So those guys start out, I believe, Danny, you, you, you work with this every day, but I think they start at $27 an hour, mm, yeah, full, full benefits. and Awesome. Um, so, I mean, so we, we really want I'm in. to take care of the community. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, no, it's about a two-year a two wait to get on the dipping line, from what I hear. But uh, <laughs> I'm out of that. I'll do something else. But... But it's off uh, the I grass. Mean, so that sounds amazing. So I mean, one of our, one of our big passions when we talk about like why do you hand dip every bottle? Why do you hand cut your labels? Some of it, sure, is like marketing talking points. Some of it is really about uh, you know having a sense of our heritage and our history and doing things the right way. But a big part of it too is is taking care of the community because they take care of us. They built Maker's Mark into what it is. It's awesome, uh, Denny. You had talked about earlier how you were at Heaven Hill for a short spell. Short spell. Um, so you, you started at Makers. Um, can you, what did you start out at Makers as to work your way up to where you're at right now? Well, I mean, I've, um, I've really only worked for two companies, but I actually started out at Beam. So I started out as a lab tech at Jim Beam Claremont. Um, so when, when, when I started at, at Claremont, this was 97, early 98, I think January 98. Um, you know, Booker wasn't involved in the day-to-day -day operation, but he was still involved. Fred was really starting to get involved in the day-to-day. -day. So that was the first time I really got to, to know Fred No, um, got to take distillate down to Booker because at the time, you know, he would approve Booker's distillate before it went into the, the barrel. And then also he liked to have the distillate at the house. He cooked with it. Um, so I was, I was there for five years, did, did some different things, uh, went to Maker's Mark in 2003, was our quality and environmental manager at the time. And this is what we were talking about that first year that I was at Makers, I, I worked for Dave Pickerel. So Dave was our plant manager. Um, Steve Nally was our distillery manager slash master distiller. Kevin Smith was our assistant plant manager. Jeez, so we had, four, yeah, we had four guys that I don't know that, I mean, I certainly never imagined it. And I don't know that um, Kevin did either that we would end up being master distillers. But, you know, Steve decided to retire at the end of 2003. So Dave stepped into that role. And that's how I got into the distillery side I'd done a little bit of the distillery stuff, but never full time. And I just walked into Dave's office and I said, hey, you know, I would love to. I love quality. I love environmental, but I really want to run a distillery. And Dave was just like, you got it. And he goes, you got to keep environmental because we don't have a lot of people that know that stuff. But, you know, you can um, you've got the distillery. So, you know, I'll always be thankful for Dave for giving me that opportunity. And then from there, you know, all of us, including Steve, I mean, Steve's had a whole nother career outside of makers uh dave did too to a degree um so it's a very very lucky in those early years to work with those guys and then you know eventually ended up at heaven hill working for the shapiras and parker and craig beam and took over as master distiller there at heaven hill and so i mean i i mean I, i've just been lucky were you very, very were lucky. you part of the uh decision making to take off the, the heaven hill bottled and bond from a six to a seven year i was not involved in that decision making I knew um, we knew that that we needed to do something I mean it was the reality of it was to have a six-year-old 
you know, bottled in bond um, whiskey that went for, honestly, if you pay $12, you pay too much for it. Yep. Was absolutely insane. Yeah, the best deal in the spirits world. Considering, you know, that there are, you know, there are products on the market that are two years old that are going for, you know, four times the price of that, if not a hell of a lot more than that. It, you know, those are never easy decisions. Um, and it was limited availability anyway. Big time. Um, they're never easy decisions, but I do think that for the most part, they're they're done for the right reasons, and a lot of it is you're looking out for other brands that you have that might be the same mash bill, so making sure you have inventory for those. Um, it's never easy. I mean, it's one of those things that you're always going to piss somebody off. It's That's the reality of it, and I get it. I mean, to well, me, I'm that, not mad. That, that six-year, you know, bottled and bond Heaven Hill was one of the best things that, that we did and they did, and even the seven-year, I still think that what they're doing is a hell of a buy. I love the new package. Yeah, um, it tastes good. But I it's love, always a tough one. Six. Even, you know, even um, with the Elijah Craig, when we pulled the 12-year off that, I still think that that was probably the best decision we could have made. And I honestly, in my opinion, we had better juice because of it because it gave us a range of 8 to 12 years old that we could select barrels that were best for that product and it got a hell of a lot more consistent instead of having to grab anything that was 12 years old. So Sure, and, and you would never have known that. <clears throat> you wouldn't necessarily have the foresight to see that. You know, it's, it's all got to be trial and error. Yeah. So it takes some time to figure out, you know, what's the best way to utilize our product that's aging, you know, and, and taking it to another, another level. Right. Yeah, I mean, there no, you know, listen, I mean, we all say it. I mean, hindsight obviously is twenty twenty. I don't think anybody could have predicted you know, this explosion that we've had and this interest in American whiskey, specifically bourbon, it's a great problem to have. But at the end of the day, it does cause problems. And sometimes you got to make tough decisions. And that's one of the things that I've been thankful about with makers is because we've done the one thing and we've always, you know, bottled the taste, our age range has been very pretty much locked in. And we know that if we go a little bit less or a little bit more, it doesn't taste like makers anymore. And that's why we love, you know, kind of the direction we've taken, starting with the 46 on the wood finishing side, because you don't have to start from ground zero, right? Sure. You know, you can take that base of makers and then innovate outside of that. But, you know, it's uh, great for our industry. I mean, it's been phenomenal, but it's it can be tough. Well, and it seems like the industry is kind of going that direction. You know, five, ten years ago, everything was kind of done to the letter of the law as far as what bourbon and whiskey in the U.S. And, you know, Garrett, I don't know if you could chime in on this but it just seems like every distillery now is going to have a some sort of wood finish or like a port finish something yeah, some sort a, of cask finish cask or, finish something that's just different and unique and you didn't see a lot I've of seen that scotch now a lot which is crazy right, right. Yeah, well, in, uh, in, in tequila too i yeah, mean mm-hmm. a lot of spirits are starting to go to this different and wine and which which is very cool because it, it just gives a lot more options sure. and gives you guys uh affordability to kind of play around and find a different market that might not have necessarily been there before in wine drinkers or beer drinkers and stuff like that so yeah, there, there are a lot of different approaches to finishing spirits obviously i think um it's you know it just unlocks a whole new corridor of flavor possibilities so yeah. so it's um yeah there's a lot of flavor that uh that lives in wood whether it's uh you know virgin oak whether it's american or french or something more exotic or uh or if you used in second use casks from uh you know the sherry industry or port or brandy or whatever it's there are just uh, so many different flavors that you can incorporate and, and leverage right so it's uh i think that you know the story makers after we pivoted into the innovation space for the first time with 46 and in, in 2010 has really been trying to figure out where flavor comes from you know it's been a, a journey of flavor discovery and and that's really 
um, it's a it's a cool thing for us to see how the industry more broadly has begun to to move in that same direction. I think everybody now is saying, well, wait a minute, why why don't we try you know try to incorporate something um, a little out of the box? I think the problem you come into is that people will then force product off off out of barrels quicker because like all right, we'll just finish it in this. They can kind of mask some of the craft whiskey that we're making well there are a lot of craft distilleries that are kind of uh building their identity around you know wood finishing and 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 i think that that is a little bit of a danger but angels envy (laughs) don't don't be calling people out don't be calling people out with uh with you guys's wood finishing uh, series we do love we do love angels envy Envy. their cast strength is amazing but with you guys's wood finishing series is it your base maker's mark and then you guys add the staves for is it a six to eight week period i can't really remember after that massive uh, pull off the pull still. Pull off the still, off the still um, yeah. at about 10 a.m. Yeah, for, I mean, for private select, it's pretty well locked in for nine weeks. Okay. Um, you know, with, with like the RC6 and some of the other projects that we're always working on is we, we know, we learned so much during the Makers 46 and the experimentation that we did there and how the temperature of the liquid impacts, you know, the overall, the finish and how quickly that can happen when you're using French oak and all these other things. So some of the other products, we know we have a window. So... You know, when we're doing those wood finishing, we will start sampling that product within a week after it goes into the barrel. If you're, you know, if we're starting with the obvious, the, the classic makers, um, we don't know where that will end up. Most of the time, it's that eight or nine week window. But for private select, it's always nine weeks. That's awesome. Yeah, and we, you know, and 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 we're not only pulling starting a week or so into that finishing process, uh, you know, and and doing like organoleptic analysis where you're tasting and nosing. But we're also bringing the you know the liquid into the lab and testing for you know parts per million, parts per billion of various uh, flavor and aroma compounds. So, you know, it's it's that that meeting of uh, human sensory apprehension and uh, and laboratory analysis. That's great. That's so scientific. Way more scientific than, than I than you uh, ever think of, than, right? Yeah, than you think. And honestly, when you break down what we did with the the, the kits and making them, I mean that that was just special. Um, I. They're going ten times further than that every way, single yeah, time. They way try further something. than that. Yeah, yeah. and, and Parts we're per like, billion. yeah, exactly. And we're on a very minuscule, uh, you know, comparison to uh, what they're yeah. they're doing. When you guys were doing the, the Makers Forty Six, is that kind of how you figured out what for the the private selects? Um, what how that works? You know, they get the yeah. ten different options to go in there and the five <clears> different <throat> staves. Is that kind of where you get the general knowledge from it? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, we were actually talking about this yesterday at the distillery how. Because we've been so committed to who we are, and you know, I've heard Jane say this before, where you know, when we when we talk about innovation, we look inward, not outward, right? So we're looking at the heart of makers, where we've come from, who we are, our identity, and we innovate from there. So, you know, when when we started working on the 46 project, you know, that was driven by Bill Jr., Rob's dad, and for 55 years, I mean, it literally was you do the same thing every day and don't fuck it up. And you've heard a lot of people that work at, for, at Maker's Mark, that's what you've heard a lot is don't fuck it up, don't fuck it up. Well, that's true. So when Bill came in and said, you know what, I've got my own taste vision, but I don't want to bastardize what my parents did because they made damn good whiskey and we still make it today. And he put a lot of guardrails up. So there wasn't a, we're going to change the mash bill or we're going to change the age or we're going to stop rotation or going into different proof. Or all. So there were all these guardrails. And I can remember it was mainly, you know, Kevin Smith and myself at the time, we were looking at each other going, what the fuck are we going to do? I mean, <laughs> yeah. everything that he said we can't do right. is kind of what we knew to do. Right. And it just so happened that, you know, we've always had a great relationship with Independent Stave and the Boswell family. And we were having a meeting the next week to talk about just barrel supply for the next year. 
And we were telling Brad about this conversation with Bill because everybody was shocked that he said, you know, he had his own taste vision. And we're like, we really got to figure out what we're going to do here. And Brad was like, you guys pay any attention to what we do on the wine side of the business? And we're like, fuck no, all we care about is whiskey. And he's like, (laughs) we've got some ideas. And they actually have a wood chemist. And uh, it was within a week he had his wood chemist come on site and he started talking us through wood finishing on the wine side and how they've really been interested in and doing this with whiskey. And so there was a partnership right from the beginning of how to do this with, you know, taking classic makers and then finishing with wood. But there were so many things that we had to work through, you know, the type of oak, how long, you know, you name it. There were so many different variables. And um, we ended up obviously with the 46, which was profile 46. We used a lot of different profiles. But through that experimentation, you know, when they started talking about the private select program, and this was, was Jane and Rob, and how to build that relationship, we knew we couldn't do a typical single barrel program because we rotate barrels. Most of our barrels taste the same. But then they started to lean back on, yeah, but what if everybody could do what Bill Jr. did, which was create their own taste vision of makers with, with makers as the base. And then we already had all this data and information on the different wood staves and things that Independent Stave could do. So, you know, Jane and Rob just kind of went in deeper with Independent Stave and created the program, um, which is an identical process to what we do with 46. It's just, you know, they, they use five staves. You can use a total of 10. Five, one of them is the 46 stave, and then they have four other staves that play in there as well. So um, it's just amazing how, because we had guardrails in the beginning of creating 46, how that led us to this, this private select program, which everybody loves, and it really is their own mark, right? It's their own makers, it's their own profile, their own taste vision, and um, you know, those guardrails, a lot of people think that, that that stifles innovation. For us, it never has. Mm. Even like dipping bottles, people talk about, you know, well, why wouldn't you automate that process? Well, first off, the employees love it. If I were to walk in tomorrow and say, we're gonna automate the dipping process, they would kill me. I wouldn't make it out alive. <laughs> but no. because of that, we realized, well, they can't dip all day. So then, well, you know what? They just need to learn to run every job on the line and then we'll rotate. So through that, we've built in efficiency because everybody knows every job. So if somebody calls in or they can't come in, we've got other people that know how to do that job. And so, you know, these guardrails have really led to some incredible innovation and efficiency for us. And the one thing that we know is if we stay true to these things, good things will continue to happen. So um, it's worked out really well for us, but for the right reasons too. Nice. It just seems like you guys have a high standard for pretty much everything across the board and what you guys do from the professionalism that we experienced down there with Greg and going through the grounds to the bottling line, the packaging line, and the, the science uh, in the lab room. I don't know what you want to call it. Is, is it the lab room? Yep, lab. Just, yeah. I mean, just everything just seemed so high standard that um, when I left that place, besides being on cloud nine and the euphoria I was experiencing, um, I, did, I, I felt different towards your brand by seeing it and and, and witnessing what you guys are doing uh, on the ground floor. That's great to hear. Yeah, I mean, I I feel pretty confident asserting that we're the most OCD bourbon brand uh, on the market. We're just obsessive about controlling every variable and and kind of taking every detail into account. And you said it too. I mean, if we can get people to come to our distillery, I mean, it just takes it to another level. Totally. You know, we're, we're good about bringing the distillery to market, but nothing's like coming to yeah. the distillery, just like you Indeed. guys come in there to do your private select, you can't mimic that anywhere else. And you know, the best compliment that I get, it used to piss me off actually, is when people would come walk through our distillery and our operation, they'd say, yeah, but where, where's your real operation? 
where, where's your real distillery? It where's doesn't your, look like it's a Where's your real bottling line? And it used to piss me off, but now I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Guess what? We run seven days a week, 24 hours a day. We have, you know, over 200 employees. It's just that we're good at what we do, right? And people enjoy it. There's a passion there that exists that you don't see too many places, but you have to come there to experience it. I mean, I right. I think everyone we walked past was smiling. Everybody. And they also oh, yeah. hide you, Greg. Yeah. You yeah. like Yeah, you're, they you're, were smiling at Greg. Yeah. Everybody likes to see He's a handsome Greg's guy. On. I know they weren't looking at me, oh. but shucks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's you know, I think I think one of the things with only making one product, you know, when we after 6 to 6 and a half years on average when we dump out our barrels, uh, it's all maker's cast strength, you know. So if we bottle it just uncut, unfiltered, it goes into the cast rank bottle. If we cut it down to 90 proof, then it's original Maker's Mark. Uh, finish it with seared French oak, it's Maker's 46, or we incorporate those barrels into the Private Delight program. But either way, we uh, yeah, we have access to economies of scale and, and certain efficiencies that a lot of other distilleries don't have. It's one mash bill. You know, we source the grains from reliable, mostly local uh, farms. And um, you know, all of our wheat comes from the Peterson Wheat Farm seven miles down the road. Uh, most of our corn, well, all of our corn, I believe, comes from within about 30 miles of the, uh, you know, from the Mattingly farm primarily. So we, you know, we have all these yeah, efficiencies the built in. Yeah, because yeah. it's, because it's, you know, it's literally one product. So yeah, different expressions in the, in the very end, but, uh, but it's the same barrels, the same grain, same mash bill, same yeast strain. That's awesome. Uh, I know I'm, I'm going to brag about a lot of the things we did down there, but I think my, my most favorite was when we were in the Rick house. There was a barrel. I don't know if it was a random barrel or if that's the barrel that you guys use for all your tours, but you just thiefed out whiskey and put it in my hands. Yeah, yeah. And then I drank it. Yeah, we Ooh. don't we don't typically do that. They might actually tell me like, Greg, at least bring a glass. That's very I'm ins- sorry, environmentally sustainable. Maybe I shouldn't have shared that story, that. but I, no, don't, Denny, but I most, loved it. You're most Denny. <laughs> so we're walking through there, and I was like, "There's a thief. There's a barrel. Yeah, let's, let's try it." Try it. Um, it yeah, and yeah, I was like, I was like, let's see how loose this bung is, and it popped, yeah, it popped right I'd off. I'd probably make it happen. So. I think I think that's like that's a prop set up for so us. It was just water. It, it, it was. I'm sure there was a placebo. Already proof down makers, and just like let's let's. I got a little something here. Next time we'll bring glasses. Yeah. So I don't get anybody in trouble. Jesus. That's a first, man. I don't know if I've ever done that. There was no glasses around. I mean, when, yeah, if you're desperate. Well, we improvised. We you did. Know? We, we were did. willing to drink out of the thief, but oh, then there yeah, was like, I've done that. but there were six of us. We're like, mm, yeah. Uh, and it looks a little awkward. I don't did you drink out of a thief before? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. That's going to be the next. No. Oh, we'll go downstairs later and do that. Oh, great. Oh man, that doesn't sound sexual at all. <laughs> There's cameras. <laughs> gonna go downstairs and deep throat the thief, please. <laughs> We're not gonna talk about what you said about the bung, Greg. Oh, oh boy, there yeah. you go. Wow. Let loose bungs and deep throating thieves. <laughs> Greg, you want, do you want some more to drink, Greg? That's probably inadvisable. At this okay, juncture. perfect. Yeah, awesome. Good. Awesome. Um, Gary, what what was your favorite part about going down to the Maker's Mark? Well, uh, the, the 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 one part that like really stuck out to me is when you said that you repainted all the buildings every year. It was incredible. And then. Um, when I first met you, we were you were in line getting lunch, and I like uh, Greg was like that was a master distiller. I'm like, turned right around. I don't know, you guys went off somewhere else, and uh, I went back and said hello to you. And you were uh, like in the middle of this conversation in their lunch line. I feel terrible because you're trying to order lunch and talk to me at the same time, and you were talking about how like we have all this money and we gotta figure out how to spend it at the end of the year. We got these projects. We just gotta say okay, go. We got this extra money. That like boggled my mind that. Maker's Mark is doing that well that they like, uh, how do we spend all that's of our money? That's a little, God knows what conversation you walked in on. <laughs> um, what it is, like in a situation like that, I just typically, think that's really interesting. 
It, no, it is. I mean, it's. I mean, that's our life. I mean, you know, that's what we're talking about all the time because you can't. I mean, typically, eighty percent of what I do every day is thinking about what we need to be doing six to ten years from now. Yeah. So obviously, you focus on a lot of the day to day, making sure we're doing things the right way. But the reality of it is, it's just like this title master distiller. I mean, the reality is, I've got fifteen master distillers that run around the distillery every single day. They don't need me going over there telling them how to run a still. Yeah. They'll tell me to fuck off. I do this every single day. As a matter of fact, I did it on Christmas last year, you jackass. So <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing while you were sitting at home. So you have people that are very protective of the brand. So, you know, one of my primary jobs, as a lot of us, is where are we going to be six, ten years from now, whether that's capital growth, whether that's, you know, looking at, you know, our operating budgets for the next year. So my guess is you probably caught me in a discussion about capital um, and a lot of it is when you get down towards the end of the year, you get to a point where you want to spend more money towards the end of the year because that saves you coming into the next year. Um, but God, God only knows, man. Well, and with, with, you know, whether you're talking about the bus there. I, mean, I doubt you said I do remember, actually. There's a construction going out outside of the lunch line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. yeah. You're talking about how to spend the rest yeah, of the money. Yeah, whether you're yeah. talking about, you know, marketing budgets or you're talking about, um, you know, distillery infrastructure budgets or whatever, uh, you know, we all try to stay pretty conservative through the majority of the year so that we don't end up, you know, in October with no budget at all. And then you start to get into quarter four and it's like, okay, well, we've discovered a couple of efficiencies, so how do we leverage that the best way? Because you can't say, I've got $6 million uh, you know, left over that I didn't spend, because they'll say, oh, cool, you can do this for that much less money? Great. So you know, you got to find ways to leverage it uh, strategically so that you're bringing maximum impact to, uh, you know, but I also thought it was interesting, like when you walk in, you see like a barrel, like just sitting outside or like like in the front door or something. Oh, sweet, there's a barrel. And then you're like, wow, there's about a billion right behind it, so it's not that exciting anymore. <laughs> First one, you're like, oh, sweet, this really is a distillery. Yeah. <laughs> kind of diminishes yeah. it a little bit, yeah. but also makes you realize the um, the scope. Yeah. Of, of what you're looking at. You know yeah. what I mean? When the there first are more, time more barrels in, in Kentucky aging than there are people. That's so. crazy. Double. What a, what a crazy. That's yeah. unbelievable. Um, They're all related. To touch back on what the barrels are. They, they come from oak. They're right, actually, yeah. They're, the yeah. barrels yeah, are they're all from the same forest. Um, to go back to what you were talking about, where one of your jobs is to plan for what the next six to ten years is, that's, that's kind of... To me, that's one of the more fascinating parts is that because the history and the lore that where whiskey and bourbon comes from, it still can't be a stagnant level playing field you almost need to to push the boundaries which is what you guys are doing with the wood finishing series um not that you have to talk about this on air but is there anything that, i'm sure you guys have things in the works for the future um these ltos that you're mm -hmm. talking about is there something that maybe in the future we should be keeping an eye out for that you can talk about if not no big deal you could talk about the other ones you can't too no one's listening yeah you guys will edit all this out yeah, right? it's, yeah well, mostly right. what mostly what greg said but <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll keep yours on um i mean we're always we're always experimenting i mean you know the 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 reality is there is so much growth to occur still with classic makers and especially makers 46 i mean this is a brand 46 has been around and i'll answer your other question but sure. 40, 46 is a brand that's been around for nine years and people still are just now discovering it, right? Yeah, like we, we we have not done a great job of telling the story of 46. Most people have no idea what the fuck 46 means. Greg's doing a good job. 46 though. months old, right? I mean, what's right. 46 proof? There's so many, you know, different versions. That's why, you know, with the uh, private select program, it allows us to go back and tell that story a little bit. Uh, but you've seen it, like with the RC6, when it comes to innovation and LTOs, that is something we're looking to do every year, where we're just telling we're telling a story about process. 
and flavors that exist in process. So maybe one year it might be the flavors that are elicited through fermentation. Okay, so you know how can we start with that? Work with uh, independent stave and create a stave that's going to influence those flavors. Um, we own a thousand acres at the at the facility, so we're we, you know we're interested in you know you know Greg kind of said it before where flavor comes from, right? So what what flavors can you get out of wheat that you can taste right up front, whether you grind it up and chew on it or bake it in a bread versus what is that? How does that equate to what comes off the still? Do those flavors? translate so it's you know a lot of it is just trying to understand more of the science behind what people have been doing for so many generations right so so there's a lot that we're doing just because we're we're curious now will things be born out of that maybe i mean we're interested in you know we've got the oak genome project we've got you know we work with the university of kentucky on growing our own wheat we have 100 acres where we're growing um different uh, varieties of wheat and some of that is around improving farming practices or understanding how soil influences grain which influences flavor so there's a lot of things like that that we're working on i don't know what we'll do with it we just know it's interesting we know our consumers would be interested in it whether or not that leads to a new release i don't know i mean we're you know we're certainly not going to say no but i couldn't tell you that it sounds like a yes it's gonna absolutely gonna yeah, the agricultural processes oh how's that john's our question master we, so. we're not going to come out with any kind of a spiced whiskey um <laughs> no i heard or, you're gonna or a rum variant <laughs> i heard you're going to uh take a product right up the still and call it right as rain Oh, right. <laughs> Say about 130 feet, 133 proof white dog. Yeah. That'll do you. Right as rain. Right as rain. Um, yeah. That'd... I'm in, I'm in for a bottle. Right. I, I pre-ordered one right now. A case. So, but yeah, I, I mean, I think the one thing that we can clearly say that we've kind of like staked out some space for and, and, uh, and that we're intentionally pursuing is this wood finishing series where we explore different flavor profiles and different, um, you know, different stave uh, sort of profiles, different types of wood, different heat treatments, uh, seasoning periods, all, all these. So, so that's a, that's going to be, you know, unless something changes in annual release and RC6 is, is kind of the first uh, iteration of it. Awesome. All the, all the agricultural products and all the grain processing, uh, you know, innovation that we're working on, super duper fun. Don't know if it'll ever come to the market or not, sure. but cool. yeah. Something to work on and maybe look forward to. You can come to our market if you want. <laughs> we'll test it out. Yeah, we'll test it out. Yeah. Or Garrett, Garrett and I will drink we'll it. Have N- next time lab. I'm in the quality control lab, maybe I'll, yeah, I'll sneak something out. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, I really be a great way to get fired. We obviously yeah, yeah. need to change the locks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are letting anyone in there. Uh, I really appreciate you guys coming out. Thank you so much. I feel like I've learned more than I ever thought I was going to. Uh, real pleasure to meet, uh, meet you. Uh, Greg, always a pleasure to see you again. Yeah, Thanks for coming out and, and doing this. For all our listeners, definitely make your uh, make your way down to Maker's Mark. Um, Absolutely. Totally worth it. One of the coolest properties I've ever been on. I'll and, go with you. Yeah, and uh, like, well, Garrett will just ride in your suitcase and, yeah. and, and come along for the oh, yeah, ride. Yeah, I got gas money. Um, before we, uh, since we got you guys here, um, John is our truly our question master, and I know he's been kind of silent over here. Johnny, you got any? No, we've asked we've asked some good questions yeah, over here. It's been pretty solid. Oh man, that's that's a first. Usually he comes in with like three or four that wow. are like solid at the end. But I uh, really appreciate you gentlemen coming on and uh, taking your time to uh, spend some time with us. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Denny, if you're ever in this area again, please come by the Burger Social or Maze and Mash. We'd love to take care of you and your family. It'd be great, Greg. Definitely come by the Burger Social so we can uh, can uh, hang out and uh, drink some of the product. I have one question for you before we wrap it up. All right. 
My boss is going to help me. Oh, yeah. Me. That was mine last question, okay. too. All right. Where's the Jimmy Jam where's, juice? Where's the Jimmy Jam juice? I should have brought it today, but I'll bring it soon. Because our he's, operations manager will literally forever be a loyal drinker of Maker's Mark if you give him that bottle. The, the Jimmy Jam juice <laughs> has been languishing toward the bottom of my to-do list, but I'm going to okay. prioritize it. All right. After, after the, the holidays, I'm sure you're busy. After the holidays, well, be, but he would. We got a he holiday would, party at the end of January, and, and we'll tell you the story after. If after I, could, if I could wrap it up, I'll, I'll, I'll get it there before then. Yeah, okay. before then. Yep. But cheers. Uh, anything you guys want to plug for your product while, while uh, our two listeners are uh, on the line? <laughs> I mean, keep drinking makers. We uh, we appreciate it. And, awesome. Uh, yeah, so happy to, to be able to come on and hang out with you guys again. It's always great to see you. Yeah, cool. I mean, it's I. I think we've talked about it, right? I mean, it's just a fun topic. We both love talking about Maker's Mark. Thank you guys for being fans. Thank you for coming and doing a private selection. I think that does take it to another level. And um, anything we can do for you guys in, in the future, please let us know. We'd love to have you back at the distillery. Perfect. Awesome. Cheers, Cheers guys. Yeah. And uh, come by the Burger Social and Maze of Mass and uh, drink all the Maker's products. And uh, Garrett and I will drink some too. So. Awesome. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Good. Cheers. First of all, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, families, and friends that support us throughout this. We couldn't do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and check out exclusive content at our website, SippingSocialPodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook. If you like this podcast, tell your friends about us. A huge thank you to our producer, John, in the Underground Studio. A shout-out to our boy, Johnny Perona and Davenport Ed. That's the rockin' music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you. Baby Wolf, that that's impressive. I would help you. I don't want to lie, wanna... lie to people about what I'm drinking, and we're drink. I want to drink the products they're talking about. Mike, I appreciate your integrity. Minutes. Absolutely, I'm going to be wasted in about 20 minutes. There you go. Yeah, it might hit you even a little bit faster <laughs> than that. It's going to give you 14 minutes. I'm going to fake sip on this <laughs> for for a long time. <laughs>